Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We've got a good one for you today. Uh, we thought with Taurus Sauce coming out this Tuesday, if you're listening to this, it's probably Monday. Uh, it comes out this Tuesday. We made a trip to Scotland this past summer. We filmed the whole thing. It is the second season of our travel series called Taurus Sauce, if you haven't seen it yet. Season one was in Australia, and season two is Scotland. And we have about 11 episodes, I think, that will actually take you every Tuesday uh, until the new year. Thought it'd be good to catch up with our buddy Tom Coyne. Tom uh, made a lot of headlines this summer. He came out with his book, A Course Called Scotland. He played like 107 Lynx golf courses in 56 days and is an incredible writer and has just a, a great way of describing what it's like to play Lynx golf, what it's like to play in Scotland, and he's a great storyteller. So we want to get him on to kind of hear some of his experiences in Scotland uh, and kind of get get people in the right mindset for this uh, season coming up. We're really excited about it. We do hope you guys go over to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe there. New episodes, you'll get notifications when new episodes come out every Tuesday. Um, and the first episode is Kill Spin. It's a blast. Just trust me on this. I promise this is going to be some of the. Uh, you might be kind of surprised with uh, some of the production quality of this of this of this coming season, which is we owe it all to our editor Matt Golden. But uh, before we roll into this with uh, Mr. Tom Coyne, uh, I want to note Callaway staffer Xander Shoffley picked up a huge win on Sunday at the WGC HSBC Champions, joining Mark Leishman and Sergio Garcia. Already the third win in three weeks for Callaway staffers using the graphene infused chrome salt. X ball and in fact the ball was one of the main selling points in getting Xander to switch to Callaway this year um, on a recent episode of the Callaway fitting room podcast he said that I felt like I was switching to a better ball for me and in testing I put myself on a downslope chipping onto a downslope where you need to hit a high soft shot and even my miss hits this ball reacted better and it stopped faster it was a very obvious decision for me uh, I can relate to that having switched to the chrome soft last year and I uh, really can't imagine playing another golf ball now so he all Xander also had an Odyssey O Works Red number seven putter and a set of new forged Callaway prototype irons in the bag that personally I really 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 hope they end up hitting the market soon because I've seen them and they look incredible and they're obviously working for him so congratulations to Xander I think it's going to be a big season for him and uh, without any further delay let's get to Tom Coyne no I was just going to ask are you teaching this semester I am. I was on sabbatical in the spring, which was great timing. Um, and I am back to teaching. My students aren't aware that I'm teaching them <laughs> yet, uh, but they'll, they'll they'll figure it out. I've been a little bit I've been a little bit distracted, but um, no, it's going good. One of my dreams is for Neil and I on our ex on our escapades to show up and audit one of your classes one day. Oh, uh, dude, you have to come in and. <laughs> We, you would be more than welcome. You roll right into uh, fiction workshop, and yeah. uh, we'll do a little creative writing. We'll, we'll pull we'll pull your stories out of you, man. It'll be awesome. Well, Neil was a creative writing major at Columbia. Really? Yeah, yeah. At Columbia, as in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's hanging around in Airbnbs with you. Exactly. What a world. 
<laughs> I might. All right. I'm just gonna do. We're, we may have to leave that first part in. Usually, I, uh, I at least let guests know when they're when they're being recorded. But that was uh, that. That we have to leave that in. And if, in case you don't know yet, you're listening to uh, Mr. Tom Coyne. He's the author of a course called Scotland, a course called Ireland, and a bunch of other books. Uh, Big, you you are also. I don't know if you know this, Tom. Big Randy has declared that you guys are best friends, then you just don't know it yet. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. Well, I know he, he chose Paper Tiger for Book of the Month Club, which I thought was incredibly cool. And uh, watching him travel around and stay in these Airbnbs and stuff, it really, I'm getting flashbacks to Scott, uh, Ireland and Scotland and traveling like that with no money and, you know, showing up at some place and it being a total crapshoot, you know? So I, I do feel like uh, we certainly have a kinship. There's no doubt. Well, for, for my part, you're book a course called ireland is a huge motivation and i'm glad that you can kind of see parts of what we're trying to do um in that because having read that that was and is a huge inspiration uh for me personally and this is going to sound really corny but really deepened my love and interest in the game of golf so it's it's one of my favorite books oh thanks man yeah God, I'm really feeling inspired it. now. <laughs> Dude, I, got, like, I got goosebumps there, man. That was awesome. I think that's yeah. that may be the best compliment that somebody uh, that, that you can give or get is that you know that anything that anyone does inspired yeah, their love for golf. So that uh, yeah, no, that's amazing, man. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I, I get a lot of, and I think even Kevin Van Valkenburg made the comment that uh, that you and I were maybe related in some way that you played like 107 courses in 56 days, and you you may have beat uh, you did beat my pace from the summer of 2017 which was the best summer of my life of playing golf so going back all the way to ireland uh i guess i kind of want to know how you got inspired to do that trip explain to the listeners what that trip was had you ever been to ireland and kind of what the whole purpose was of your first trip to ireland yeah so the ireland book grew out of i mean a, a couple things i'd been going to ireland with my dad and my family on these uh sometimes like family trips or or golf trips Going over, like looking for long lost relatives, not really finding any, and then going golfing. And uh, so I'd started going over since I was probably like 12 or 13 and really like just had an awesome affinity for the place and and, and fell in love with Lynx Golf over there. I played, uh, we were on a trip and they said there's this course Enniscrone down the road and um, go check it out. And so that was the first Lynx course I ever played. And it just, you know, I've been playing golf since like seven or eight years old. And it just blew me away the whole I'm like, man, this is like a whole other thing. You know, it's a, it's kind of like a whole other sport. And I had no idea you could kind of tr- play golf in that kind of landscape. So I just fell in love with it. So I mean, I became like a sort of links loving golfer pretty early on and obviously loved going over to Ireland felt very comfortable there. Um, as a tall redhead, you know, people tended to stare less and, and make <laughs> fewer disparaging comments. It just, you know, it was a comfortable place. And uh, so with the Ireland book, I was planning a trip for like some friends and it printed out a golf map of Ireland and was trying to think like, should we go here or go there or, you know, north, south, whatever. I kept looking at this map and I'm like, this looks like one giant golf course. You know, the, the, the country's ringed with these, with these nice courses. And so, you know, where all these flags are, I'm like, I just gonna, I'm going to play the whole thing and, and I'm going to play a golf course called Ireland. Like I'm going to try to play Ireland like a giant golf course. I thought that would be, that would be fun. Uh, a good way to spend a summer. Um, I thought it'd be a good book idea. And, um, th- you know, the thing about 
not gimmick, I guess, but the the big idea behind it being that I would walk the whole way because when you play golf in Ireland, you don't take golf carts, you know, you walk so that I would do the whole thing on foot um, and just keep playing until until I finished. And I thought, you know, that'll be something <laughs> that'll be that'll, that would be a book. And it, it's funny, you come up with these crazy ideas and you pitch them to your publisher and um, and then they say yes. And you're like, Oh shit! I have to, I have to go do this now. I have to go walk around <laughs> Ireland now. Like, what the hell was I thinking? So, um, yeah. So it worked out. It you know I spent about a year planning it because it, it took a lot of time to just figure out the logistics of this was pre Airbnb and 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 pre just booking everything on your smartphone. So a ton of planning and then uh, a lot of walking for sure. At what, at what point did you regret the walking part? I mean, I, you, I'm not going to sit here and let you tell me that this yeah. was like the, that was the right decision and this was the right call. And I am a totally sane person. <laughs> I started to regret it about like day two when, <laughs> when when Ireland was in the middle of this heat wave. It was like 80 degrees. And, you know, I'm all, all I have is like warm stuff because I figured I'd just be freezing my ass off the whole way around. And we're walking from like Kilkee where we started up to Dunebeg and uh, and it w- and I just realized I'm like this is really really hard and I'm not in good shape. Like I didn't really bother getting in shape because I figured what's the point? I'm going to get in shape anyway. So why be why like kill myself now in the you know in the over the winter? Um, so the beginning was definitely the hardest part. I mean my my feet were killing me. My my shoulders because I was just carrying you know I had a backpack and golf clubs strapped to it. Um, so it was like straight up pretty painful. I started dispatching golf clubs along the way. I, I threw away my golf shoes. They're like wedges sprinkled around the coast of Ireland. Cause I'm like, dude, I can just knock it down. Nine iron's fine. I don't need a lob wedge anymore. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy, but I will say that it was the smartest choice that I did make because it allowed me to kind of get to know Ireland in a very different way than I'd ever seen it before. Or I think most people would get to see it because I was stopping in places where people don't stop. I was staying in places where people certainly don't stay. Um, and it definitely, uh, it, I think that certainly added something to the story. I mean, did you pre-book any places to stay? Did you just show up at people's houses? Like, hello, hello, is this an Airbnb? May I please stay here? <laughs> How, like, this is blowing my mind. I, I yeah. kind of like to travel by the seat of my pants too a little bit, but not like walking to the next destination. No, I mean, I plan the hell out of it because I, I, I also, like I do this stuff, but I also have control issues. And so I needed to like, know that at the end of every day no matter how far the walk was like that there was a potential bed in my future um but it got tricky like there were a lot of spots on the map where it's hard to find like you're you're not there's no holiday in you know um and 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 this was i was doing this like 2005 2006 so like not all these bnbs were online or anything so there were a few gaps i mean i generally had a sense of where i was going every day but weather intervened quite a bit, you know, my, I would get sick or, or sort of have to take a day off for pain or whatever. So the schedule would get messed up by the end. I was going a lot more by the seat of my pants and just kind of like, Hey, that place looks good enough or going to a pub and ask a dude, like there was one town where there was nowhere to stay. And I just had to trust the guy that who'd like been in the bar for like a week. Uh, <laughs> dude, like, dude, do you know anywhere to stay? And, and he, and he drove me, which was 
smart. I jumped in the car with him and he drives me up the road and drops me off at some lady's house and knocks on the door. He's like, Hey, you know, put this kid up. And, uh, and she did. So there were, there were a few moments like that, but I tried to plan it as much as I could. Do you get rained on while you're walking from the next location? What's the worst part of the walk? And I'm just kind of, I'm fascinated by picturing you on the side of the road, just humming along like, Oh my, I got 10 more miles to go. What am I doing? Oh dude. I mean, that was like, it was one of those things like I hated the walking, but I loved having walked, you know, the finish line was there was, there was, that was such a great feeling finishing every day and arriving somewhere. But yeah, I walked when I came down the East coast through Dublin, it rained for 37 days in a row. And, (laughs) and then that certainly got, that starts to wear on one's spirit a little bit. Yeah, I would think so. So I'm living in my, I mean, at that point, I really don't have many clothes in my backpack, and I'm just living in my waterproofs. Like I just, I wore my golf rain, you know, my rain pants, wore my regular pants, um, waterproof top, big rain hat, and um, and good shoes, and and that's just kind of how I live. Like, I, I guess at some point, I stopped even noticing it. Um, you know, just being, you just get used to being soaked constantly. Um, and cars would stop and offer me rides, and 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 I'd have to decline them. And they'd think I was insane and it was awkward. And <laughs> and I was like, no, I really want to be out here doing this. This is great. You're going to call me a fraud if I end up taking this ride. Yeah, right. They're going to say stuff. So, no, that was, yeah, the rain was a drag. But, um, you know, when you'd arrive in a town and you'd walk there and meet somebody and, and by the end of the trip, sort of people knew about it in Ireland because I was writing about it in a newspaper over there. And, and you'd sit down and, and 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 be like, "You're the you're the American. You're the, you're the crazy wandering golfer." And, and they want to talk to you. And I mean, that was like, you know, obviously that made it all worth it. And uh, it, it always felt great to arrive. Those every day, I had a chance to do something awesome, which was get to my destination. And that's that that was a pretty cool way to live. Uh, conversely, and correct me if I'm wrong, you had people join you though for certain legs of the trip in Ireland. I did. Those seem to be highlights. That's the way it came through in the book. And then just tying it into your newer book, A Course Called Scotland, I felt like that was a big part of the book were, were the folks that joined you. Was Were your experiences in Ireland, uh, was that kind of the impetus for you to you know, ha- invite people, strangers even in some cases, join you in Scotland? Absolutely. We are related, dude, because that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. There's it's, two it's bodies, true. one spirit, I'm pretty sure right now. <laughs> it's true. No, it was because, you know, I do the Ireland book and I and I realize, um, you know, that describing another fairway or another links or another five iron, you know, that's that's not a book. And that's that's not the book that I want to read. Certainly not one I want to write. It's all about the people. And Ireland was so full of them. Um, and a lot of folks did come and join me. Friends would come walk with me for, you know, a few days or a week. And, and they added in the end. I mean, they become the whole story. I mean, stories are about people, you know, they're the stories I enjoy are about characters and conflicts and relationships and, and how people change. And, and, and as a travel writer, you know, it's about how travel changes you and how travel presents all these opportunities to you that you, that you don't experience otherwise. Um, and, and so it had to be about people. And, and I had a lot in Ireland. And then that definitely was the reason, you know, when I, when it came to doing Scotland, the Scotland was different. And then I opened it up to all comers. Like I, I was on Sirius XM, pj tour radio one morning and uh was like hey if any listeners want to come to scotland um and you get over there you know i'll save a spot for you and come tee it up and uh and people did and and i met there were about eight to ten people that i'd never met before uh 
um, that just showed up in Scotland. We're like, Hey Tom, I'm here. Let's golf. Yeah. And, uh, and it was wild. And I was like, you know, well, I did that. And then I was like, Oh, I'm crazy. Like I'm going to get the craziest kind of people like to come do this. And then, and then I thought, well, like, Oh, that's great for the book. Like the crazier they are, um, you know, the more interesting they're going to be for the story. They're not just, it's, it's like a boring dude doesn't say like, Oh, I heard that guy on the radio. I'm going to go to Scotland. this right. weekend. You know, he's going to be interesting. So, that's that's kind of uh it's always yeah it's all about people uh golf and is the backdrop scotland and ireland have been their great trajectory but they've really just been ways for me to meet different people and tell their stories getting to more specifics on ireland was there any course in particular or maybe three to four courses that particularly resonated with you and aside from that also kind of your your hidden gems your under the radar courses that you're kind of curious as to why they don't get more attention yeah, I mean, I think one of them is probably in both categories um, for me, and that's a place called Carn, which is in um, Belmullet, the Belmullet Golf Club, um, f- up in the northwest of Ireland in County Mayo. It's out on a very remote uh, the peninsula. I mean, I know why people don't know about it because it's not easy to get to, um, but it's an Eddie Hackett design. Um, I believe it's the last design, and uh, to me, it's just it the walk maybe it was the like how long it took me to get there uh the fact that my family's kind of from there the people there just to me that struck me as like that's my that's my place you know and i I think as you know as guys who travel and golf sometimes you just get that feeling like this this one's for me and and it's you know i i put it i try to put that into words in, in in the book but um it was really just a very soulful thing where everything about the course and the people um so that's a place I still go back, try to go back to every year. I got to say, Tom, uh, I was cheating a little bit because I didn't know that that was going to be the answer that you that you gave. And oh, your yeah. writing about Karn actually inspired me to go there with my dad a couple of years ago. Really? It is, you are right. It is difficult to get there by car, first of all. Let yeah. me just, I was about to complain about how far the drive was. And then I remembered you walked out there. So Yeah, right. I mean, I, I had to walk like that. There's one road in and out. So I had yeah. to stay like at the start of that road, walk in come back out stay again in the same being it was it was insane but um yeah there's just there's just something that place is so unspoiled and edge of the earth it's in an irish speaking area it's like the ireland of your imagination if you have an imagination of like ireland in the 1940s um that i really loved so so that's a special one i mean a lot of these have become more i, I think the hidden gem in, up up there for me is is also a place called crutch island which is a nine-holer that's uh in Donegal, which is just so much fun and just this crazy cliff top um romp and it, i just love that place and then um a place that probably is more on the map now uh in northern ireland art glass uh you know everyone goes to county down to play royal county down as they should but not far from there is this awesome cliff top golf course um where you will not get a better welcome anywhere on the island. I mean, the Northern Irish courses sometimes have a reputation for the reception being a little more chilly or British or whatever, but, and and I don't think that's the case. I think they're all great, but Ardglass, man, it's like, you don't want to leave that place. It's just awesome. 
Well, it's funny how uh, you just you, these things can kind of go in cycles, right? I mean, people just start talking about a golf course, which brings more people to it, and it that right. And, I know and that's and we're just kind of blown away on our, our recent trip to Scotland. We played a couple courses that I really had barely heard of before, and I'm like, wait, why don't people talk about this one? And it's I get caught up in it as much as anyone. I mean, I just get, wanting to play all the courses that everyone's talking about, but uh, that's what we uh, we might have to pick your brain a little bit. We're trying to make it back over that over that way uh, later next year, but. I was nice. curious, you mentioned that you just, that's where you learned to f- like fall in love with Lynx Golf. And it's something I kind of struggle with is ex- explaining why Lynx Golf is so different and why it resonates. But yeah. you're a writer, so I trust that you have the words to actually be able to do this. So help me try to explain what makes, uh, what makes Lynx Golf so special. That's a lot of pressure, man. Now I have to be eloquent. You've done this in like several books already. Like you can do now this. I've got to go pull out the golfer's journal. And read, <laughs> uh, I'll read to you my, no, just kidding. This, so. No, I mean, definitely. The thing about Lynx Golf, I mean, there's any number of reasons. I just think, one, just the, the, the sheer fun factor is is at the top for me. Um, just because it, that kind of golf that's always firm and fast with, un, with, with not a flat lie in the place. Um, and, you know, th- that it presents so many different options. And, and, you know, people know that about Lynx Golf in the open, that there are all these sorts of different options and kinds of shots you can play that's super fun but i think also just there's just something about golf on the sand you know that um the more i learn about it the more i researched it the more i've learned about what a lynx golf course actually is like when you're playing in these landscapes you're playing in 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 like really like it, it's like sacred ground i mean it's geological miracle it, it's it, it used to be a seabed you know like the two billion years ago mm-hmm. and and basically the oceans and the winds and and nature created these these dunes with these valleys that people could golf through. And so and that's where people started playing. You know, the, they were they left the dunes. They couldn't grow anything on them. So they left them to like sportsmen and hunters and stuff. So the first golfers started playing in the dunes. And, and, and so this game is basically ideally suited for a playing field that's made by a miracle. And that's cool. Like I, I, I the Staples Center was not a miracle, <laughs> you know. But Karn is, and the old courses, and and Askernish is, you know, uh, you know, especially these courses that are more than a hundred years old before they could move any earth, where they literally just had to find the golf course to play something that natural, and then you're and this game you play is so ideally suited to it. It just makes you really grateful for being a golfer. I think like. I just get so excited when you look at when you're driving into a town with the links and you look out and you see those hills and you see the grass waving on the hills. It's just like that's where I'm supposed to be. Man, I spend a lot of time thinking about this, and I don't, I don't think I've ever thought of it through of golfing through a miracle. That might be my favorite yeah, my favorite description of it yet. Oh, cool! That, that's a great line. I I always get so I just went to Scotland for the first time a couple months ago, and I. It's not my original thought, and I don't know if you've mentioned it or, or other writers, but I think it was so true. And, and I'm curious, you know, if you feel that way as well. Is this? I, I you almost get this sense of nostalgia, kind of coming to some of these towns and and playing oh, yeah. some of these courses, and it's just such a, a an interesting feeling, especially for someone making their first trip over there. Um, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, I think that's was something in the in the forefront of my mind uh, making my first trip. I mean, absolutely. The history at these places, 
it's the, it's obviously incredible because they've been around forever and anyone who's done anything in golf has played and, and walked the fairways you're walking, you know, if you're playing the old course or Carnoustie or whatever. But I, what I love is like how these, like in North Berwick or the old course, you know, how these like golf courses flow into town and are like enveloped by the town and yeah. it's sort of like the way that, you know, Wrigley Field is surrounded by Chicago, like that the golf and the town kind of work together and the whole thing just is beautiful and perfect. And, um, you know, we don't really have that kind of equivalent in, in our golf over here. So I think, you know, the first time, and they have it in Ireland at other, and in Lahinch and Ardglass and wherever, just the way golf and the municipality kind of are one and the same, how these courses are sort of big giant playing fields in public parks is just so incredibly refreshing and cool and exciting, you know, just to, to you know, where I'm coming from for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I couldn't have said it better. I think that comparison with with uh, Fenway and, and Wrigley is is a good one. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask you about you mentioned in in your book, a course called Scotland, about the um, the first time you went over uh, to St Andrews in college. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you could speak about that and what that experience was like, and how that set up, or you know how prominent a role that played uh, for maybe some folks who haven't read the book. Uh, how, how that uh, played into your your big trip around Scotland. Yeah, I mean, and that remains like the golf getaway. I mean, you know, we, we've all done a lot of golf getaways and golf weekend trips, and <clears throat> for me, that remains like the one against which they're all measured. That was uh, it was a weekend, and I was studying in London. I had a couple flatmates um, who golfed, and we said, "All right, we had a bank holiday weekend," and I said, "Well, hell, let's go to St Andrews." Everyone was going to Amsterdam, you know, to go to the coffee bars. And, uh, and, we're, and we're like, and we're like, dude, we're going to Scotland. Uh, so we jumped on a train and got in the lot, put our name in the lottery, jumped on a train, got up there. We had the last tea time of the day on the old course, found a place to stay, rented clubs, bought some golf shoes, whatever, forged handicap certificates for my buddies. And because, uh, you know we were just you know studying abroad we weren't prepared for uh we didn't have any like rain gear either and it rained the whole time but we went out and played uh that you know the next day we go out we play the old course and uh you know and at that time in my life you know at 20 years old just getting kind of aware of like how cool it was what i was doing how how great it was and how much it would have meant how much not it just meant to me but would have meant to my dad um, you're just kind of getting to that age where your parents are starting to make sense again. And I just remember feeling like just so incredibly, everything about it was so special. Um, afterwards, drinking scotch in, in a clubhouse and thinking like and at St. Andrews and having this sensation that like this is what it is to live a good life. You know, this is what it is to be like a golfing man, like to be sitting right here looking at St. Andrews and say, I just played that golf course. And, and, and so that stuck with me forever. So the chance to like, you know, Ireland certainly became my first love, but there was always that question of like, I don't know Scotland and I, 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 I love Lynx golf and I pretend to know so much about it, but I haven't done the home of golf. And, and that was certainly um, uh, knowing how special it was from that first trip. That's certainly where the book came from. And is that and what makes it so great? And I remember that first time I went to was, was like kind of the feeling of, oh, 
like this is accessible like this is everyone can just kind of stand here and you don't need permission to walk here and here and it's the opposite of most of the top clubs and stuff in the united states my question related to that is where do you suggest for somebody making a first trip going to scotland where do you usually suggest that they go yeah no well, i agree like st andrews the, when you take that bus like well in college we were on the bus and, and you drive into town and you're like wait that's it that's the golf course you know you drive right past it and you can't believe you can reach out and touch it so i mean on a first trip i yeah i think you do have to go right. to fife right and <clears throat> get in the lottery and try and play the old course and not just for the golf because i just think st andrews is also happens to be the perfect town with the university and the history and the ruins and awesome restaurants um it's just, a, it's, my, I mean, my wife, Allison, loves it. She wants to retire there, and she's not a golfer. So, right. I mean, that's just the kind of place it is. It's just great. So, yeah, I'd say definitely go there. So if you do that, and then you do, like, the Gulf Coast in East Lothian, North Berwick, down, down that way, that stretch, you can all cover that. And, you know, you fly to Edinburgh, and within an hour, you can be in East Lothian, or an hour, you can be up in Fife. And you can just have an awesome, awesome trip. I mean, I know the way, hey, the West Coast is great too. If you fly into Glasgow, you can do Ayrshire really easily as well. But, uh, you know, I'd say do the old course, do North Berwick, play the Glen, play, um, play Crail, go down to Anster, you know, Anster, the little lion holer there. That's the cool thing about, you know, people ask me the difference between Ireland and Scottish golf trips. And that's the great thing about the Scottish golf trip is that you can stay in one town for a week and you don't have to get on the bus again or or pack up again because there's just so much the concentration of great links golf in scotland it's insane um ireland you bounce around you get on the bus and you travel a little bit but there's so much uh if you're staying in north berwick or if you're staying in st andrews or you're staying in inverness you're staying in Shurn, so much to play yeah, that's what I was going to say is you can you just park yourself in Fife and you can throw a blanket over, you know, eight other golf courses in that area that you don't need to you don't need to move hotels for and you know people I feel yeah. like people see a list of top Scotland golf courses and want to do a trip where they play all of the top 10 and it's like no, just go to an area and enjoy the quote-unquote secondary courses in that area like Ely and Crail, some of the ones you mentioned. Oh, they're awesome. Even yeah. the new course and Jubilee, the other courses at St Andrews are just tremendous and it's just mm-hmm. it's uh that I was going to say i kind of wanted to hear the genesis of how the scotland trip came about but based on what you just said it sounds like if you're gonna walk a country to play golf scotland would have been a lot better decision than ireland would have been (laughs) you know it would have made for there were spots where it would have been so much better because yeah i mean like literally courses bump up against each Mm -hmm. other you know like Merker runs into royal aberdeen and all the courses in st andrews and and you know uh london and levin are right next to each other so um yeah there would have been a lot of easy days walking it where it would have got hard is certainly up in the highlands um and coming down the northwest coast that's where it actually it would have gotten impossible because that that coastline when you get up you know people generally go as far north as as Dornoch and brora and if you keep but if you keep going up and go around to like around to like wick and ray and Burness, um and then come down the west coast like there's not a ton of golf um but the scenery is insane. Like I was in Inverness. I'm like, Oh great. I've seen the, I've seen the Highlands. It's like another planet when mm-hmm. you get up to the Northwest. Uh, the drives are, are like, I mean, they're, they're a little bit scary. Like I got a little bit of vertigo on some of those, uh, some of those drives up there. So that would have been a, been a very bad walk uh, over there, but 
um man i'm glad i saw that part of the country it's uh it's it's phenomenal well explain kind of what the premise of your uh what were you what you were striving for uh this is summer of 2015 right that you went to on the yeah. scotland trip yeah so i mean after doing ireland people for years were just sort of asking me when are you doing scotland when are you doing scotland so naturally i was like i'm not doing scotland you know uh because you don't want to do something obvious or people are telling you to do or and i essentially i didn't want to write the same book again um so it took a sort a little while for me to kind of figure out how i was going to do scotland in a different way and when i did i I was all in and it it became like total obsession um and the approach was going to be you know i did this book paper tiger um book of the month for randy's reading club (laughs) shout out and thank uh, you shout out um you know where i tried to sort of play next level golf using technology and coaches and shrinks and trainers and all that stuff and and i got pretty good but um you know not well i don't want to ruin the end of the book for anyone so um but i always wonder like is the is the solution to my golf like something a little more soulful a little more pure a little more spiritual even like is it is it more about my attitude and less about my swing um because all i'd ever focused on was swing and, and so I wanted, if there were basically, you know, this suspicion that I had that there was a secret to golf, that there was a secret to my best golf. And if it existed anywhere, it was going to exist in the home of golf. So I kind of said, all right, I'm going to go to Scotland and I'm going to look for the secret to golf. So I'm going to play all the road up. Um, so that meant I was going to go to England as well. And but then mostly up in Scotland and, and play all the road courses. And then people started suggesting other courses and places I couldn't miss. And if you're playing here, you got to play there and you're playing there. And, and and the itinerary just got out of control to where I was. I had a list when I took off. Uh, it was 107 courses and I had a window of time of 57 days because uh, I'm a professor at St. Joseph's University, go Hawks. <laughs> and by the end of my semester, um, you know, I had to I had to finish my semester and then take off the next day. And I wanted the last round to be a qualifier for the Open Championship to sort of put to the test what I had learned about golf and my best golf and, and what I had found in Scotland. So that gave me a hard start date and a hard end date. So it became just two and three rounds a day, every day, um, and basically everywhere um, from Cornwall in England to the southeast corner of England. I shot up through Wales on my way to Scotland, crossed off a couple courses there. Uh, went to the northernmost courses, the westernmost courses. I mean, I went up to Shetland, the Shetland Islands. Hmm. I went to the Orkney Islands. I went out to, to the Hebrides, um, which, uh, you know, I thought I had this little secret golf course called Askernish um, <laughs> that nobody knew about. And then a couple people, one of them a friend of yours, had to go write about it. He's and, no longer uh, a friend of ours. He, we didn't know that he ruined the surprise for you. Good, good, good. He's out. Um, you know, it was funny. Like I'd written all this, the book's about to come out and I see like DJ's piece and like Eric's thing on scratch TV. I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, they blew it. But no, the story <laughs> had been out there about Askernish, but, but that was a pretty, pretty cool pilgrimage to get all the way out to that lost Tom Morris course. And but, I mean, the idea was no stone unturned. I'm going to look absolutely everywhere. Um, and uh, to find, you know, what is it about golf, you know, that, how can I play my, where can I play my best golf? How do I do it? And then the big question eventually became as I was doing it, why the hell am I doing this? And, uh, so it become, you know, the questions started to kind of change as the trip went on. Um, and I guess it sort of becomes a story about why I love this game so much. For those listening, um, 
I, I, it's it's about so much more than that, and and I don't want to say any really any more than that. To uh, I, I I don't want to ruin it for folks, but um, everything you just said is awesome. And then I'll just say everything you didn't say is even better. So I, I would encourage uh, everybody to read the book. Um, it it blew me away. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks. And I, I I think I know what you're what you're talking about. I'll just say, yeah, there's, there's more of, um, this is a very different story than this, than the Ireland book. I hope they're both funny. I hope they're both crazy golf adventures, but I think this is, uh, in Scotland, um, I get into stuff that I probably wouldn't have, or wasn't even ready to get into into in Ireland. Not that it makes it heavy or anything. It's just maybe, uh, there's a little more meat on the bone in Scotland. So, um, no, thanks. I appreciate you saying that, Randy. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's also, uh, every people that have been to these places, I imagine it just the, the words and like the description of the golf courses and picture and it, it brings like that nostalgic feeling. We were talking about nostalgia earlier, but see, and I, I just, I kind of perked up during parts of the book, uh, when you're writing about a course that I've been to before, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to see what he has to say. And I imagine right. a lot of your audience in the book has been to at least a decent amount of some of these places and that kind of their inspiration for reading the book. Uh, is is a little bit stronger because they've had that experience. Is that what you find? Yeah, you know what I find. Yeah, people definitely. <clears throat> it's funny. Yeah, friends will be like, "Oh, I just skipped to this chapter, skipped to that chapter because I wanted to read about, you know, when we played here or there." Um, which is fine, but I'm like, you know, dude, get the context, read the whole book. Um, <laughs> you know, it all fits together, and uh, so yeah, I think people will do that. Hopefully, they'll find new courses too. Um, the thing I probably get most nervous about and I would, and then have felt most relieved about is when Scots read the book. Hmm. Um, and that's been, cause there are Scots who are in the book and who I sent the book to and who are characters in the story. And, and, you know, I'm writing about someone else's country and that is, um, it's not my first time doing it, but there's always like a little apprehension about doing that and, and making sure, you know, you want to get it right. Um, and and at least to the point where someone who's from there would say, yeah, you know, you, you got that right. You got that part right or that makes sense or you did that. So it's been really good to hear from Scots who I'm sure flipped right to the description of their home course and uh, and felt like I did it justice or that um, they got to laugh a little bit about their country and or at themselves um, or that I, you know, learned something about the Scottish temperament that um that i that i was right about and not just making up because you know uh 57 days you only gather so much but living you know that kind of it's pretty intense 57 days I, I hope i learned enough to to get it right and so far most people seem to be telling me that i did i don't know it sounds like you were hit with pretty not to not to spoil it but it sounds like you're hit with pretty brutal weather for about two months straight yeah it's funny you know i got there and they're like um, you know, it was cold, it was wet and everyone was telling me, Oh, you missed summer. It was a week in April. And you go, <laughs> cause I'm there in June and July. And I'm like, where is the summer? Um, and towards the end, we got like two solid weeks of good weather, which was when I needed it the most. I mean, I was losing it. There were days when, you know, I wasn't walking, but you know, you're sitting there in the clubhouse or in your car, looking out at the golf course that nobody's on. And thinking like, I'm about to go like walk forth into that. And I've already played 18 or 36 that day. 
and there's no reason for me to do this. So, I mean, like there were definitely like bouts of like golf depression, which is a very entitled thing to feel and experience yeah. <laughs> like that feeling. And I know you guys probably know too, Lauren, it's just like, I can play no more. Um, but I must. Well, it kind of starts to blend together probably a little bit. And you're like, if you do, if you play it too many too quickly, then they can kind of, the special nature of a lot of the places can kind of lose its context. Is that fair to say? For sure. I mean, the, you, there are some days or were some days where it was kind of like, let's just get through it, you know, and cross it off the list. But the funny thing is about golf, like you'll hit a shot or you'll find a golf hole where suddenly that stops and you, and you pause and you look and you're like, this is awesome. This is why I'm doing this, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I ever, like, there was a golf course I ever kind of, like, just blanked my way through. There were probably certainly some golf holes where I would have, but there wasn't a course that didn't at some point, like, wake me up and say, you're in Scotland, you're a lucky bastard because you're in Scotland, and you're lucky to be on this golf course. And those were the things that, you know, when I'd go home at night, my journal, those were the holes and the moments that I'd write about. And, and they're the ones that you that you know that I think that made it into the book. And I think uh, in our uh, our season two of Taurus Sauce uh, on Scotland is going to come out very soon. We're gonna actually going to line up this podcast launch with uh, with that season. But two of the golf courses that we played on that trip were two that I hadn't seen before. They were Kilspindy and Cullen. <laughs> that kind of helped shift my paradigm. I don't want to speak for you, Randy, but my paradigm on what golf is and that it's, mm-hmm. it does not have to be 7,000 yards par 72. Uh, what did you got? Did you encounter any golf courses like that in Scotland that kind of made you just think about golf in a totally different way? Yeah. Kill Spindy and Cullen. No, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. We're, I told you we're on the same page. No, but those were definitely courses. Um, Kilspindy was awesome. It's a golf course where my friend got hit in the face um, with a drive from another hole and survived to tell, to tell the tale. So that's actually like my most prominent memory of Kilspindy is like flying jewelry and broken eyeglasses. And it was terribly scary at the time. Now we can all kind of smile and laugh about it. But Cullen, um, yeah, Kilspindy is a short course. that's just a pure blast. It's just awesome. And then, but Cullen was a real eye opener because you know, that's a golf course. You literally, I mean, you don't hit driver. I mean, you can't, there's a few holes where you can, but just, and you look at the scorecard and you're like, I'm going to tear this thing apart. Mm-hmm. And you go out there and just get humbled in a, in a wonderful way. And just, you know, squeezing in golf holes where no, there's no business being a golf hole. Like I just love those kind of courses that just made so much with the cool property that they were given. Colin did that. Of course, another, there's another one, Shiskin. um, out on the Isle of Aaron, that's a 12 holer that, that was the same experience for me that, which is why, you know, I think in the book, I, I talk about, you know, the origins of the 18 hole round and, and why I sort of question it. Like just because St. Andrews decided it should be 18 doesn't mean, and you know, eventually the rules of golf, like in the 1950s catch up to that, but there's a long time when there wasn't any official number to around the golf and, or any need, uh, you know, any concept of like, a required yardage for any course, you know, that these are like relatively new concepts. So you play a Shiskin or a Cullen or a Covesey or the great nine holers uh, around Scotland and Ireland. And, and it does open your eyes to like what you thought a golf course had to be, to be good. And you realize it's like, it just has to be like a good, I just want to have a good shot. Like right now, right here in this place, I want to have a cool golf shot to play. And uh, you know, all the rest of it is, is whatever. 
And there are so many courses like that. And Shishkin was a, a course I specifically wanted to ask you about because it's, it's not one that I've been to. And I imagine 99.9% of the people listening to this have not been there. But I want you to take me there. What is that golf course like and why? That's the, the golf course that you wrote about uh, in the Golfer's Journal as well, correct? It is, yeah. I mean, that was a place. So the Isle of Aaron, we were taking the ferry over there. You know, we played. You can play around like Ayrshire, like Troon and all that, Turnberry. And then you can take the uh, ferry through Aaron to get over to Makranish. Or you can drive all the way around and throw up in your seat because <laughs> it's a really, the drive is not, the drive is tough, man. So we took the ferry through Aaron and Aaron is a little island with like nine short courses on it. And so we had like time to pick one and, and we picked very well. Um, so Shiskin is this, again, it's 12 holes and they are front six and a front back, which I decided is the Goldilocks ideal, perfect number of golf holes. Cause like nine always feels kind of like, Oh, I went out and practiced. Like I didn't really finish. Um, but playing like a front six, front back six, 12 holes, two and a half hours. There was something ideal about that, but the setting itself, it's, it's kind of, it's got this like these crazy geological rock formations um that are similar to like the giants causeway in northern ireland these hexagonal rocks that that shoot up out of the earth and they're like like these basalt columns and they're they're all over the property so some of the backdrops for some of these greens look like jurassic park i mean it's it's like it's 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 prehistoric in feeling um the way the place looks and 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 they routed it great because the tee boxes will take you way up to the top of them and play down to the bottom. And, um, it's a perfect mix of like short, mostly short holes, a couple long holes. Um, not all part threes, you know, um, a couple drivable holes, just, just super, super, super fun. And every time I, and I've been back a few times since the book and, and, uh, a trip to Aaron, we always, uh, swing through Shiskin. It's, it's just, uh, it's a great, great day. I, I always think, um, well, specifically of Colin, I, I haven't played Shiskin, but the best analogy I think I have for Colin and courses like that is like, I'll go, uh, miniature golfing with my young nephew and niece and the excitement yeah. and joy that they have for miniature golf, just because it's like, Oh, this is a cool shot. And what a cool hole. It's like, I feel like that's, that's like the closest feeling, um, that I experienced at a place like Cullen. It was just, you know, it, it's a mix of, Oh my gosh, cool scenery. And, and that's such a fun shot. And, and just being out there. Um, that's exactly what Colin is like. I mean, there are a few of those part threes you're like, I got to hit it where? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, it breaks all the rules. It does. And it's, and you realize like, that's fun. Like, that's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. If, if you're have an open mind and you're not like all too terribly concerned about preserving your handicap or whatever, you know, like it just, it's just so fun, that kind of golf. And that was a Cullen. There's a golf course not far from St. Andrews called Anstruther. Uh, that's a par not, uh, or a, a nine hole course that has a couple holes like that. There's a course near Cullen called Cove C that we found that uh, was very much like that. Just really some really goofy, fun, wild golf shots. So I love that stuff um, where, yeah, that's a great analogy. It does feel like mini golf in the best way. And it also feels like you're discovering something because like you don't know anybody who's played these courses right. and you don't know anyone. And most of your friends would be like, screw this, dude. Let's go. Let's get up to door knock, you know, yeah. or at least my friends would. So the, the fact that you stopped and played, 
you feel really lucky, you know, and that's, that's a cool feeling too. You know, obviously the physical land has, has a lot to do with how special a course like Cullen and, and Shiskin and, you know, et cetera are. I, I, I guess my, well, I guess my question is twofold. Um, absent land like that, uh, are courses like that possible over here in the U.S. and you know, do you think we'll ever see some fun nine-hole, twelve-hole routes that that are publicly available? I hope so, and I don't think you can recreate. I don't know if you can recreate like Cullen, Kofi, Shiskin, like those. You know, again, because there's the the formation of the British Isles just blessed Ireland and Scotland and England, whatever, with these incredible coastlines that are have huge dunescapes and um, and some of these wild cliff tops that uh, are just really I don't know I think they're pretty unique to, to that part of the world. I mean we do have coast I guess I don't know I mean some of the cliffs at Cabot some of the cliffs at Pebble Beach I, I don't know I guess you can compare some of that but like the way that at, at Cullen where you essentially have like cave walls that have been washed out. And but some of the some of the cliff remains, so you play like through, like what was formerly a cliff that's now all been eroded away. That's amazing, and the fact that you can golf there is is pretty wild. So yeah, I mean, I think we can. I think we have the opportunity to do some really interesting stuff with some of our great landscapes, you know, in America for sure. Uh, but I think people need to change their perspective of what they need a great golf course to be. Um, and or what a destination course has to be and uh i think we're starting to see a little bit of that i mean you guys know all about sweden's cove i don't um but i also but i also think you know that sometimes you know with some of the kaiser properties they're trying to do some different stuff i think there's different um there, there are different things happening in golf now that weren't no one would think would no one would ever build a golf course like that 30 years ago so I think there is some changing perspective on like the fun factor and just going out and like a place like winter park is a golf course that does flow into the middle of a town in Orlando, you know, yeah. in winter park in Orlando. So it has some of that vibe and it's a great golf course. Um, I'm actually going to go searching maybe, maybe for another, in another project, go searching for those kinds of experiences, these places we're talking about to see if I can find them in America. I suspect more of them are out there than I think. But when we think of great golf courses in America, we think we look at the top 100 list. We, we, we look at the top 100 resorts or the top 100. And, and those places, it's not even the same. You're not even reading the same book when, when it comes to these other courses that we're talking about. Um, so quite different. Yeah, and I think so much of what what it all goes back to what you said is the soil type. I mean, we all kind of want to play these shots along the ground, and Bandon's the only place I've been in the U.S. I think that even comes close to replicating that that sound when the ball hits the, hits the firm turf and the compressing off yeah. that firm turf is probably the closest thing I've seen. But yeah, I mean, they have the crunch of the of the Linksy Golf, and I will say, I just returned from Sand Valley this weekend, so just a shout out to them that uh, that's golf on the sand. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you definitely get a Linksy thing there, and Stream songs got a little bit too. Yep. Um, they've got sand. So, yeah, sand based soil makes all the difference. Uh, along the same lines of what I asked about Ireland, were there, and you, I know you've already mentioned a couple of them, so that might be the answer, but kind of three to four courses that stick out to you the most as meaning the most, or some that were really under the radar that, uh, that maybe you haven't mentioned? 
Yeah. So, I mean, a top set of pops for me was probably Cruden Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about Askernish and that's like, you, you kind of put that in a different category. Uh, and I would put it at the number one of that category um, because it's just a different kind of experience uh, and, and not for everybody, but it was definitely for me. But Croon Bay, um, I just loved it. I mean, I thought it just had a great blend of, of a lot of the Scottish courses don't have like the big hulking dunes that you're kind of that I had gotten, gotten used to in Ireland. Um, some of them can be a little more subtle. Uh, the golf courses and the dunes are smaller or whatever. And you kind of need a different kind of lens to appreciate why they're so great. And they are. Uh, Cruden Bay, you don't need to look very hard. The place is a romp, man. It's it's like a climb and, and the dunes are wild. And you hit some really quirky blind shots that reminded me of La Hinch. And great welcome there. Super people. So we just had, and you know what? I got sunshine at Cruden Bay. <laughs> that helps so a lot. So I love Cruden Bay. Let me Bay. guess, you played pretty well too, probably. And I played. That's well. exactly, the, exactly. The, the ultimate combo for picking favorite courses for me is always like, oh, it was sunny and I shot what? Yeah, that's my favorite course. Totally. You know, it's so subjective. You know, like, yeah, there are all these different metrics one could use, but I, I talk about it in the book. I'm more into like, how excited would I be if you told me I got to play there tomorrow? Yeah. And my my gut will know. How, you know, we'll be able to gauge then how good that course is to me. And 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 so Cruden Bay would be like way at the top of that list um brora was so much fun i could play that forever um just so quirky and cool uh i like nairn a lot um i know you guys went up there just for like just as like a pure lengthy um old school nine out nine in um there's just pretty pretty good um yeah, that that's a that's that's a good one for sure. Those are the easy ones. I'm going to put you on the spot with a harder one. Is there any courses that you played either in Ireland or Scotland that kind of you looked at curiously and you're like, wow, I, I that don't that didn't quite meet the hype. That one is not as highly rated on my list as a lot of other people have it on their list. Yeah, for sure. Um, Turnberry before now, I played it right before they did the remodel. Okay. Um, so I was like, probably played it in like the last month before they shut it down. So I had high expectations, obviously, because it's Turnberry and it's got, the you know, what I knew of it, you know, Lighthouse. So I'm thinking Old Head. I'm thinking drama along the cliffs and and water. And uh, I just didn't find that I found it to be not as dramatic as I'd hoped or expected. Now, I know in the redesign, that's why they did the redesign to to sort of bring um, more excitement into the layout. So that was probably one where I was like, Oh, that's good. But not, it didn't feel like turn very good. Like as what I expected that to be. Um, other ones, um, I would say, I don't know. We, it, we just got pissed on it. Troon and, and I had just like, I had z- almost zero fun. Um, because just because of the weather and, it's fun to play in wind. It's not fun to play in rain, no matter what the, no matter where you yeah. are. I don't want to be whiny and not about it, but, and be like, oh, the rain ruined my day. Um, but honestly, after, you know, the postage stamp, I was kind of like, all right, I'd rather play Presswick like a hundred times than mm-hmm. do this, you know? So, so that probably, it, it's funny with the road of courses, like some blow you away. Um, Hoylake, did not blow me away um i mean they blow you away for their history they blow you away in the clubhouse when you see all those pictures and names and all that it's like wow i can't believe i'm here but then 
sometimes those golf courses they're they're major venues because they have the room and the parking and the and the space and the history um my favorite of all the road courses was probably aside from the old course was probably presswick mm-hmm. which is the tiniest squeezed in little they can't even they can't play anything there anymore because there's no room you know so yeah i would true yeah they were the true and holy turn bay probably didn't leave live up to the hype that i that i placed upon them fairly or not i guess tom coin hates the west coast of scotland uh we can uh <laughs> take that to the print i am no i'm no longer welcome back there at Presswick. i was gonna say you saved yourself <laughs> with that one so i'll just play around there for a bunch how's your game how, how's your game today tom hey the game's not bad i had an up and down summer um i uh i was playing pretty good for a couple months and then not so good the last month or so. It's funny when school starts back up, my um, my golf for whatever reason tends to uh, tends to take a bit of a dip. I guess because I feel guilty being out there knowing that I have papers to grade and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm. I, I think you know Scotland definitely. When I came back, I felt like I was I was hitting it a lot better. Um, just because you you sort of are first forced to learn that like contact first is the most important thing and you just i just had a real short punchy swing that was like actually like really effective over there and uh and sometimes i can do it over here too which is which is fun um i can actually i don't know if you call it a knockdown or not i just can hit it low which i could never do before um you know my scotland trip so i'm playing all right i guess i'm a three handicap right now so I'm not like Solly good, but <laughs> all right, um, all right. No, dude, dude, I've seen that move. Crazy clubhead speed. Yeah, I mean, all right. Let's wrap it at that then. Let's before we get <laughs> before we get down to anything else. Uh, the book is a course called Scotland. If you couldn't tell, uh, where could people find that, Tom? Uh, anywhere books are sold, uh, your local independent bookstore, Barnes and Noble, Amazon.com, whatever you, whatever your thing is. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for spending an hour with us and helping us, uh, reminisce a bit on our trip and, uh, excited about the stuff we have coming and congratulations on the, uh, book success and, uh, hope to do this again sometime. Guys, thanks so much for having me on. Great talking to you. Thanks, thanks Tom. Tom. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect.